0: roughly 75 or more, actually, I've seen more, as high as 79% of Americans right now are in disagreement with the Biden administration on this border issue. That's a pretty dismal number. They're talking about maybe later on this summer, Joe Biden basically saying, I'm not going to run again and, and them bringing Michelle Obama in. Apparently, from what I hear, Barack Obama has already been speaking to the donors, to the money people about, is the potential of his wife running? It may not be true, but it's what I'm hearing. Hey guys, welcome to The Chat Braithers Show. We are hanging out. You know, if you're seeing me from this angle, it's probably because somebody's on the other side of the the desk from me. Yeah, we do have a guest today. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, I want to remind you guys, please, Drop me an email, complain, ask me questions, tell me the things that you are thinking. Chad at the Chad com. That's a long web address, com. And yes, you have to put the in the end of, in the beginning of it, com. You can go to that website and leave me your email address where we can stay in touch with one another. And I'm, I'm not gonna send you nude pics or anything like that, I promise. I, I'm just gonna send you every Friday we like to send out, you know, some questions of the week that I'm answering. Just stay in incommunicado. I think that's a valuable thing to do these days. And um, But I'd love to hear from you. And I would also love for you to go where podcasts are offered and leave a rating and a review. The southern border of Texas is in trouble. We know that. The, the Constitution is being used as uh, toilet paper. I didn't know toilet paper was still scarce. I thought we were past the pandemic. But the Biden administration is absolutely violating the Constitution. They have ceded themselves from the states, they are not doing, you know, the, when the 13 states got together and said, let's form a union, they did it because they wanted to have common trade and defense. Well, you take those two things away, you take away the state's reason for remaining a part of the union. Well, it would seem that Texas has a very valid argument right now when they say that the federal government particularly this biden administration and now the supreme court has seeded itself away from protecting the states we're under invasion i want to talk about that a little bit as well as some other things with a guy that i think knows a lot about a lot of things he's one of my good friends uh john Houlihan. what's up buddy great to be here chad thank you i haven't seen you in a minute hey i, I think we you and i both had ptsd a little bit i hate to use that term but wait i think in relation to this i ran for office you were running for office and we both were shell-shocked.
1: It, it was an experience. <laughs> uh, it, I've said uh, before, it's kind of like getting your arm caught in a meat grinder. Yeah, uh, it's horrible. You,
0: yeah. How many people ask you, you were running, of course, for Congress. The position got filled uh, by Morgan Luttrell. I voted for you. I supported you. I endorsed you. I thought you were the man for the job. Nothing against Morgan. I consider Morgan a friend. But but I, for me, you were the guy for the job. It, former JAG officer I mean you you were basically Ron DeSantis here in Texas right
1: yeah no I appreciate you saying that Chad I you know I just want to serve my country continue to serve my country and I thought I had a, a unique skill set for Congress uh, turns out it was a, kind of a blessing in disguise because I've been able to do some other things using my uh, background experience and legal training and yeah. work working now with uh, citizens defending freedom so we've we've done a lot of great things that I wouldn't have been able to do if I were a member of Congress.
0: So you're an attorney and there's, you know, there's a lot of folks out there. I know a lot of attorneys who have kind of chosen activism in in the way that they're handling their law business. We're looking at what's going on with Trump and all of these witch hunts. And this is a side note. We, We hadn't mentioned this at all in our conversation. They keep throwing around the term lawfare. How dangerous of a situation are we in if this becomes the rule of the day?
1: Well, it's, it's what I do as a, uh, you know, we're a watchdog nonprofit organization, citizens defending freedom is I I call it counter lawfare. Mm -hmm. That's really what we do is counter lawfare. So lawfare is essentially using, uh, abusing the, 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 the court system, finding seams and gaps in policy. And for example, with the 2020 election, State legislators, they, for the most part, have the authority for election law, right? Mm. Those authorities don't reside within the secretary of state or executive branch. They pass all these emergency decrees. Now you have drop-off mailbox, uh, drop-off uh, ballot boxes. You have waiving requirements that only the state legislatures can waive. That was lawfare. They used the the legal system to, to really get what they wanted, achieve yeah. their goals outside of the, the legal norms. So we counter that. Uh, I think it's important at the policy level, at the ground level, particularly with school boards or, you know, Title IX, things like that. They use the regulatory agencies to pass uh, these regulations that affect everyday Americans. So it's important to recognize that and counter it at the local level.
0: I got a couple of rapid fire questions. Just just your your initial thoughts when you hear them. Okay, Uh, Is Donald Trump going to go to prison? No. Don't think so. I don't think so. What's his way out of that? Or is there even a case there? a legitimate case that can't be thrown out in appeals?
1: Um, I mean, there's multiple cases. Uh, I I don't think, I think he has a good uh, defense on the classified documents case. Uh, I don't think uh, that uh, as original classification authority, he's the president. He determines what is classified and what is not. Uh, And there's lots of, there is precedent for former presidents to uh, have documents that were declassified and they use them for their, you know, presidential libraries or whatnot. So I haven't seen anything that would make me think that he's going to go
0: to prison for that. Well, it's so weird when they say, well, you know, he was talking to so-and-so about nuclear submarines and stuff like this. It's like, and then it comes out, it's like, no, he wasn't. Like, that wasn't... It, it, so the media has this stuff so twisted. The narrative is so weird. Of, and again, it just comes down to a witch hunt that they're just going to get this guy no matter what. I mean, they're just going to keep hounding, hounding until they, the guy goes loses his mind. But Trump's tough. I mean, this guy just... Keep showing up. Well, they
1: they don't call him Teflon Don for nothing.
0: So I mean, <laughs> just
1: bounces off. He, he seems I'd be a
0: nervous wreck, John.
1: He, he seems to get energy or strength from the more he's attacked, God. the stronger he gets. So, I mean, it takes a special person. To dude, take. I'm
0: not wired like that.
1: I, it I, would grind most people down. I think.
0: I Like that's one of the reasons I think Trump is is the dude because this guy's like throw it at him he's just going to keep walking through it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it is interesting though that uh, his base kind of consolidated after all these indictments and civil lawsuits. So, you know, if anything, it consolidated his base and, and let him, uh, you know, kind of march into the nominations. So, yeah,
0: uh, he did. I mean, I think that once we get through a couple more of these states, Nikki Haley's out, I think she hangs in there as long as she can in the hopes that Donald Trump gets some kind of a conviction, but it's well, not going to happen. And
1: it, it's also looking less likely that she would be considered for vice president as well. I mean, as they're, throwing jar, you know, jabs at each other. Yeah.
0: Uh, Someone said to me on the phone the other day, they said, and again, this, when this, I have to always put the disclaimer in when this thing comes out, this may be all old news. So you'll see how well John and I can predict the future here. But someone said to me last week on the phone, they said, you know, our friend is a lobbyist. He's 90% sure Donald Trump's gonna pick JFK Jr. as his running mate. And I said, no chance in hell yeah. that happens. And then the just that week later, they came out where there was speculation about that. And Trump said, No, no. So you gotta you gotta pick on who you think he would pick as a vice president running presidential running mate. Oh wow. I haven't I have no idea. I don't either. I don't either. See, I kept saying Christy Noam and then Christy Noam said, I have three electoral votes in South Dakota. There's no reason to pick me. Yeah. Sarah Gonzalez said Lee Zeldin. I don't know. Um, there, I, I think on a political side we were questioning, would it be Nikki Haley? And I thought well, that'd be suicide because she's absolutely nuts.
1: Well, I can tell you who it won't be. It probably won't be Mike Pence.
0: <laughs> and it probably won't be Mitt Romney. Uh, so we can eliminate we could eliminate, no, we could eliminate some people. It won't be Adam Kinzinger. It won't be uh, uh Meghan McCain or whatever her name is. Um it won't be any of those people. That's a good point. Uh so yeah, it's gonna hey, be interesting to see. You never know. I mean, there could be like a wild card if,
1: if Texas really is in play, like they're saying, you know, maybe that could be a Texas pick, maybe a, a Ted Cruz, maybe he he huh? you know, if he well, he's running for Senate in the same uh, running for cycle. Senate. So
0: it's Carrie Lake's running for Senate in Arizona. So I thought maybe Carrie Lake, uh, which I think Carrie, Carrie, Lake is a solid politician. Um, she's, she's pretty slick. I've told her personally, I'm like, you're pretty polished for a politician who's never really won anything.
1: Yeah, she really is. I mean, she's very well-spoken, articulate, yeah. and she, she knows the issues, which yeah. is very important. And
0: she, but she doesn't, she doesn't mess around. I've tried to get her to break a little bit. Like when she'd come to the Blaze Studios, I would try to mess with her a little bit to get her to break, see if I could get through that exterior. Now she's business all the time. She's, she's polished. Business all the time. She'll send me a text message. I shouldn't tell that she, she'll see a video that I do or something. And she goes, you really made me laugh and I needed to laugh today. And she'll send me that, which is encouraging. I'm like, I'd love to see you laugh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that I have. Carrie, I don't know that I have. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, It's scary. I, I think, are you of the mindset as you watch these things, and I, we're just catching up as friends at this point, do, do you do you kind of agree with the mindset that as we get into 24, it's going to get worse before it gets any better, or is it even going to get any better?
1: Uh, I think it's going to get worse. Yeah. I I really do. I think uh, if Trump does get the nomination, uh, or he will, it's just going to be hit after hit. Yeah. I mean, the media is going to go from being friendly, you know, kind of oh. Donald Trump is ahead in the polls. He's leading all Republicans to just constant drumbeat. Yeah. Uh, the corporate media will obviously uh, provide some cover.
0: Well, I mean, Snoop Dogg came out the other day and said he's got nothing but love for Donald Trump. So if you got Snoop Dogg's endorsement, it, you know that may that may be all you need. Maybe all you need. I, I see where they are really pushing Taylor Swift to push for uh, Joe Biden. She's come out with an endorsement. I read something yesterday that said, uh, well, this has been a week or so ago as you're watching this, that said that she could actually sway 20 percent of the vote with her endorsement of Joe Biden. What insane world are we living in with that's a reality? It's a very scary world.
1: I think that's what happens when uh, you have large portions of the populace are, are not engaged and they yeah. don't, they're not educating themselves. They don't understand the real issues. Yeah, I mean, just like basic civil discourse and separation of powers and, you know, how our government works. It's pretty scary how far off uh, folks have fallen. And, hey, that's what happens when you teach propaganda in schools (laughs) instead of actual civics or government. Yeah. So
0: I love it when I'm talking mouthpiece like or talking, you know, head like uh, mouthpiece Joy Reid, as she said on the news the other day, you know, I've read in the history books. No, you haven't. I don't think Joy Reid's ever read a history book.
1: No, somebody just gave her a piece of paper to say that.
0: Don't don't lecture me on that stuff. All right. The Texas Southern border. Let's get into that a little bit. Uh, you're a Texan. Uh, I, I am a Texan. I'm a Texan by conception. I'm not a Texan by birth. My parents did a dirty thing in a horrible place in 1972 called Dallas. Okay. So I, I, here I am. I'm a pro-life guy. I'm at least similarly Texan. I have Texas DNA. Wasn't born here. Got here as fast as I could. Got back here, I should say. Texas is purplish. Would you say is a pretty fair? I mean, our cities are all blue at this point. Our rural areas tend to remain a little red. What What's your assessment of Texas right now in terms of conservative, or I should say, its political leanings?
1: Well, I would certain certainly say all the urban areas, the large metroplexes—Dallas, Houston, Austin, even San Antonio—they uh, are all blue, solid yeah. blue. Yeah. I mean, from the county commissioners to the sheriffs, um, but a large port. And that's about, I would say, 40 yeah. percent of the population. Don't quote me on that number. It's about that. Uh, the rest, the remaining population, I think, is very conservative uh, they're from, you know, their belief systems, the Second Amendment, the parentals, the parents' right to you know choose the upbringing, mm-hmm. education of their children, all of those kind of <laughs> conservative things, limited government. You know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps do your own work rugged individualism all the things yeah. that folks say are are, are kind of uh, off the uh, you know they're not they're not kosher anymore but uh, all those things those are conservative values that majority of Texans yeah. have uh, so yes we're in trouble as those population shifts and maybe folks from other states come in with a different set of values uh, and maybe vote more Democrat than Republican.
0: Hey, guys, you know, for 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say the only one, trust me, they are the only one. And uh, Patriot Mobile has been a great supporter of this show, and I'm proud to continue partnering with them. You know, Patriot Mobile offers uh, dependable nationwide coverage, and they give you access to all three major networks, which means you're going to get the same Dependable coverage that you're accustomed to without funding leftist causes. See, when you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending a message. You're saying that you support free speech, religious liberty, uh, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, our first responder and our military heroes. And they have a 100% U.S.-based customer service team, which is going to make switching so easy. You can keep your number, keep your phone. Call them up. They'll help you upgrade with a brand new phone. Whatever you need, their team will help you find the best plan for your needs. You go to patriotmobile.com slash chad. Uh, You call them on the phone if you want to, 972-PATRIOT. Talk to them. And you get free activation when you use promo code CHAD. I spell it, Chad. That's right. Join me. Make the switch today. Go to patriotmobile.com slash chad. That's patriotmobile.com slash chad. Use promo code chad. Call them up. 972 Patriot. Look at what's going on at the border. And we have a Republican governor, Greg Abbott, hasn't always been my favorite person uh, in that he is a great campaigner, a great fundraiser, um, good spokesperson, but doesn't always follow up with what he has said he's going to do it would seem that we're winning this war on the optics level based off of what Greg Abbott's rhetoric and actions have been with this. Is he finally doing something or do you, I'm scared to say this, is this another political ploy on the part of the Texas government? And I know that's not a popular opinion right now, because right now they're basically putting him up for sainthood. I mean, this is a complete redemption of Greg Abbott Mm -hmm. compared to the Greg Abbott, i say two years ago.
1: I think, uh, We're at a tipping point. I mean, Mm -hmm. we truly are. And I think.
0: Got a dog barking. You'll always hear the dogs barking around.
1: (laughs) I think um, Governor Abbott, Greg Abbott has been very methodical, right? Like he was the attorney general. Yeah. He was uh, on the Texas Supreme Court. So he's a lawyer. I mean, not always a great thing, Uh, (laughs) but he's, he's been almost building a case. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you think think, think about what's going on at the Southern border, he's built this case operation Lone Star. He's, sent a series of letters to President Biden, he's really tried to, to show, hey, your border policies are not working. This is an evasion. And it's mm-hmm. just kind of built upon that, built upon that. Well, now it's at a tipping point. And then you see the the Supreme Court has said, oh, you know what, DHS, you can cut the barbed wire, you can cut the razor wire. Um, and I think it was at a tipping point where, no, this really is an evasion. This really is imminent threat to our citizens, our lives, our liberty, and our property. And something has to change. Yeah. So there is a great, uh, I've been saying this for two years, uh, uh, wrote an op-ed on this. This is not about immigration enforcement. That's, that's where we lose. When we put this in the context of this is immigration enforcement, the Supreme Court, the federal government has primacy over all those matters. It's in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, Congress has primacy over those matters. But when it comes to state security and protecting your, the lives and liberty of your state citizens, the Constitution allows us to protect our sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Guarantee Clause, Article Four, Section Four. The federal government is supposed to guarantee that we will be free from invasion, guarantee our citizen safety. When they fail to do that, clearly the state has to step up. And he's invoked constitutional authority, which I—the letter that he he provided—I thought was—I uh, mean, it was excellent. It was I well agree. done. He yeah. he cited Madison. So I think something has changed. It feels like something has changed. Uh, from, from my sources on the border, you know, the, the national guard, they've, they're, they're starting to fan out. They're not just an Eagle pass, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just this optics thing. They're actually kind of setting up some checkpoints and, and fanning out further out than just kind of that centralized bridge location, Eagle pass. So I hope things have changed. Uh, certainly around the nation, people are frustrated. Immigration is the number one issue. Immigration. It's not, again, it's not about immigration. It's Mm -hmm. I'm even falling into their trap. It's about uh, protecting the lives, liberty, and property of our citizens. Look at the fentanyl trade and the cartels, transnational criminal organizations. They own the border. They're pouring into our nation uh, through human trafficking, sex trafficking, drug trafficking. Uh, All of these things, uh, all the lines of effort from the transnational criminal organizations are the same lines of effort that this mass migration Mm -hmm. is coming through.
0: So I don't know. To answer your question, it feels like something has changed. It feels like something's changed. This is a different Greg Abbott to me. Um, And trust me, this is I am somebody who's looked at him with a lot of scrutiny over the years. I went from really admiring the guy to really starting to see this polished politician that was more into keeping his seat of power than he was actually doing anything. Simply because the rhetoric was always the same and it always happened around campaign season for, for that to happen. Now I'm sort of like, okay, I don't know what button got pushed, but it's like, this is a different guy. And I hope, yeah. it, I hope it lasts.
1: I, I hope so too. I really hope the states can reestablish some sovereignty. Yeah. I mean, as you know, the, like you, you mentioned earlier, you know, when the states ratified the constitution and agreed to this constitutional Republic, they gave away a little bit of their sovereignty. Yeah. Uh, with the guarantee that they would provide a common defense, they would gave they gave the federal government certain enumerated authorities yeah. but the framers were smart they gave uh, the states some ability to respond to imminent threats invasions yeah. still in the constitution that's what greg abbott invoked
0: yeah nobody wants to nobody wants to go back and look at states rights f- when it was contested in the way that it was during the civil war like nobody wants to do that because oh it's racist to go back and talk about the civil war how dare we you know they, they, you can't talk about anything that the south did without being a racist you got to you I mean why did lee you know why did robert e lee choose to be the general of the armies of the south well he couldn't imagine himself fighting against virginians because in those days your allegiance to the state was more important than it was to the centralized federal government. Like you, you were allegiant to your state. As in a Virginian, he's like, I can't fight against other Virginians. Uh, and take that for what it is. You know, it was Abraham Lincoln, in my opinion, is not the greatest guy in history, as a lot of people try to make him out to be. He's the one who led to a centralized form of government that actually one day uh, uh, a guy by the name of Adolf Hitler started trying to quote and and reference Abraham Lincoln for a more centralized government in what he was doing in Germany. So we lost this idea that the states have their rights to take care of their own business and they have the authority to defend themselves if the federal government, which, as you said, is not is something they traded off. You know, if you're not doing that job, then what the hell are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, you you
1: raise good points. I think if you go back to uh Woodrow Wilson, you know, the growth of the administrative state mm-hmm. and this panel of experts, mm-hmm. you know, the, really the growth of the bureaucracy in this fourth branch of government That's is true. is what really <laughs> yeah. has. And then look at the Department of Education, the block grants, you know, oh, you can state of Texas, take this CARES Act money with all this yeah. social-emotional learning requirements. Yeah. Oh, you have to hire a, a diversity, equity, inclusion officer in your district if you take this money. So- People need to realize, like, when we take this money from the federal government, there's strings attached. Yeah. I mean, think about highway funds. There was a point in this country where states regulated the the speeds on their own highways and things like that. Yeah. If you take the highway funds, you're beholden to the federal government. So until we're, until the states really turn down some of the the money with uh, the strings attached, we're never going to get to a place where we're really governing certain things that, uh, are not enumerated to the federal government and they're reserved to the states or the people. Yeah. So that's that's where we need to go. Uh, and as far as the border goes, I think the states have an inherent right to defend themselves uh, when they declare an invasion or there's an imminent threat of harm.
0: You know, you, you brought up somebody that I love to hate, Woodrow Wilson. Oh, who's um, the worst. Probably the worst president. I, I think the worst president in the history of the United States. Um, I took a picture of, of a thing I wanted to reference and you know, one of the things that Wilson did was he saw the presidency as being more like the prime minister of Britain and he expanded that executive power in a big way. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and so now you, you have, you know, somebody like Barack Obama talking about a, a phone and a pen and you can do whatever you want to do. And, and, It's interesting to me that on day one, January 20th, 2021, when Joe Biden took office, one of his executive orders was this proclamation on the termination of emergency with respect to the southern border of the United States and redirection of funds diverted to border wall construction. So now when they want to complain and say it's the Republicans who are in Congress who are standing in the way of this legislation, I thought there was no crisis. I mean, there's an executive order saying we're, there's no emergency here.
1: Th- that's the most ironic thing I hear. I got asked this question the other day. You know, what do you? How do you respond to Kirby, the, the press secretary, saying if President Biden just had more authority, if he, <laughs> if they would come up with this bipartisan legislation, <laughs> laughable? Hey, President Biden, you have all the authority you need. It's yeah. called the Constitution of the United yeah. States of America, in Article Two, you're Commander in Chief. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that. Under executive orders, the first thing you did on, on your first day in office was reversed. I think it was thirty-six executive orders. Thirty-six, and many of those remain in Mexico policy. All of these things that was done through the executive branch. Yeah. Okay. So w- what I would say to that is, you can use your authority under Article Two of the Constitution. Title Ten has authorities. Current law. On the books, Title X, he can call up active duty forces to repel an invasion mm-hmm. again. But when you're thinking about it, when the progressives are thinking about it or framing the discussion, I should say, in the context of immigration, oh, it's, we don't need the military. It's an immigration matter. No, this is an invasion matter. You have, you know, the cartels control the ports of entry. You have right. tr- transnational criminal organizations are are pouring fentanyl into the, in, into the United States, killing hundreds of thousands of Americans. This is an invasion. This is an imminent threat to public safety. You have to think about it in those terms. So President Biden has all the authority he needs. This is just a, um, it's just a way to to obfuscate the real issue. It's, it's a way to backdoor amnesty. I don't know what it is. I don't know what NGO is getting, I haven't read the bill. I don't mm. know what NGO is going to get rewarded with millions of dollars of contracts. I don't know. But I would submit to you that he has all the authority he needs right now.
0: Would you take... Basically, if you if you put all the polls together, roughly 75 or more, actually, I've seen more as high as 79 percent of Americans right now are in disagreement with the Biden administration on this border issue. That's a pretty dismal number when you already got a guy who's, uh, you know, already he's 39 percent in terms of his favorability ratings. That's worse than Jimmy Carter. I mean, he's in horrible shape. We'll get into that in a minute. I got another question I want to ask you about that whole nonsense. But when the people of Iowa during the caucuses, they're saying their number one concern is border security. This is Iowa. I mean, you can't be any more insulated from the border in the United States Mm -hmm. than Iowa. This is a concern on American minds. And this, this presidency says, there's no crisis. There's no crisis. And suddenly they're saying there's a crisis and the Republicans are standing in the way. The hypocrisy of that is astounding to me that anybody with any kind of sentient mind would would look at that and say, yeah, oh, yeah, it makes sense. Well, <clears throat> again, I think
1: you, you reflect on American education system. You reflect on <laughs> the loss of critical thinking skills. You reflect on corporate media will always provide cover for you. Yeah. And I mean, if you listen to, you know, younger progressives that have gone through the school system, um, and thank, thank God that uh, I would... You know, I grew up in Montgomery County and I went to a pretty good school system, public school, but it was great. Um, But they're just parroting these leftist talking points. Yeah. Just the lack of critical thought is appalling to me. Uh, So it's it. It doesn't matter. I mean, a lot of ways these these folks will just go vote and they're not thinking about their best interests. They're not thinking about their nation's best interests. They're just it feels good to vote for, you know, a Democrat because. You know, then they're not a a racist or misogynist or they're not toxic or whatever it is that they've literally been brainwashed to think, not for themselves, not to think about individual liberty or, you know, think critically, but to this group think mentality is going to destroy our country.
0: Yeah. And when you got a piece of legislation up there that Joe Biden looks at and says he tweeted it out or whoever tweets for him and said, this is the right way. This is the way to do this. Well, I I don't want to. I don't want to allow 5,000 illegals through. That's what this allows for, this policy, 5,000 a day. That's that's over 1.8 million illegals allowed into the country granted amnesty to come through every year. That's not the way, in my opinion.
1: I mean, look, there are legitimate claims of asylum out right. there. Okay. Go, when you pass the first country of origin, pass the country you fled, go to the U.S. Embassy, complete the, you know, do your interview for asylum, just like under the Trump administration. So that is a way to do it. Not just breaking down the rule of law. I mean, there's a reason we have ports of entry. There's a reason there's title eight. You know, they've abused the parole program. They've abused the amnesty program. Um, And it's, I think Americans, most Americans, no matter what political (laughs) spectrum you're on, believe, I hope, I hope it's still the case in basic fairness uh, and the rule of law. I mean, most Americans, I, I would hope, f- still feel that way. So when you see a complete lack of regard for the rule of law, complete breakdown of order, it, it's just its just not a system that we, uh, we, we want to be part of. So I think that's yeah. why you see the poll numbers are so high. It's just the basic breakdown, breakdown
0: of law and order. Well, it looks like a storm is coming in. And, you know, the funny thing about storms is they don't care if you're ready for them or not. I want you to be ready when the storm hits. Sometimes when it hits, it's too late. You can't prepare then. You know, there's warning signs, the thunder, the clouds, the lightning in the sky. They let you know that it's time to expect a storm. You also know that the time to prepare for the storm is always right now. Now, I wanna help you prepare for the coming storm. I want you to go to my special website, preparewithchad.com. When you're there, you're going to automatically save $200 on an essential three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. Over the years, My Patriot Supply has helped millions of American families prepare for emergencies. Your family should be next. Now, sealed inside the ultra-durable packaging is their delicious meals that are going to last up to 25 years in storage and provide over 2,000 calories a day. You're able to eat right whenever things go wrong. And uh, these three month emergency food kits from my Patriot Supply are going to help you do that. You need one for every member of your family. $200 in savings, you can get enough for each member. They all deserve protection, right? Go to preparewithchad.com. Order by 3 p.m. any given day, and you will get free shipping on the same day. The website, preparewithchad.com. Prepare for the storm. Article four, section four has been repeated over and over again. We've said, we've said it ad nauseum about, you know, we're, we have the right to a Republican form of government, which basically means you have the right to have your state officials that you elected and put in place over your state. And then the federal government's job is to protect you from an attack, from invasion. And if 50,000 armed troops from Russia were sent over the Bering Straits into Alaska, I would think that Alaskans would be a little bit nervous. Their rear ends would pucker a little bit if the federal government says, yeah, you're on your own. I I think this gets
1: back to the understanding of warfare. Okay, Mm -hmm. so uh, I was a JAG. I worked in a lot of- I'm listening, let's go. I worked in a lot of, um, you know, I worked with SEAL teams and task force and the nature of warfare is changing. Mm -hmm. I mean, with the exception of Ukraine and Russia, obviously conventional warfare as we know it is dead. There's this gray zone conflict that's always going to occur now. It's below the threshold of armed conflict. Mm -hmm. It's using all, you know, there's dime theory, diplomacy, intelligence, uh, your military, uh, your economic. All of these things are used below the threshold of armed conflict to achieve state and non-state actor goals. Mm -hmm. So when I look at the border, I don't think of immigration. I think this is this is warfare. This is warfare. This is unconventional warfare that's Mm. happening you look at uh, uh china i mean they're using their fishing fleets across they're in south america they're off the coast of these south american countries that are fishing out everything from the coastal waterways so they're within the special economic zones of these countries so what happens to those fishermen whose father was a fisherman father's father was a fisherman there's no more fish so what do they do now they have to move either move drugs for the cartels. They have to do some other job that is no longer available to them. They have mm. to do some criminal activity. Maybe they're forced into it. They have to be coyotes, whatever it is. So the all these things are related. Um, and then smuggle drugs, drug warfare. If you look at the uh, Unrestricted Warfare was a book that was put out in 1999 by uh, some, some PLA officers of the People's Liberation Army of, of Communist China. They said, we're going to use all facets of warfare to defeat the United States in the future. One of them is drug warfare. Okay. 90% of the precursors uh, uh, that uh, create the fentanyl synthetic opioids are made in China. This comes from a bipartisan um, report on the opioid crisis. that came out in 2020 that Congress looked at 90% of those opioids manufactured in China, uh, shipped to the cartels in northern Mexico, and humped across our border. Killed hundreds of thousands of Americans. Okay, people need to think, is this intentional? Even if it's not, that's warfare. I mean, it's below the threshold of armed conflict. It's not uniformed soldiers, but it's killing Americans. And there's a reason for it. What is that reason? I don't know. Take out a generation of future soldiers uh, to uh, for us to be watching the southern border and not paying attention to other things to create fissures in our society, propaganda, whatever it is. Like it achieves the goals of other countries if Mm. we're fighting and our eyes on something else and not what's happening in, I don't know, Taiwan, Mm. uh, the Taiwan Strait, what's not happening in Ukraine. So all these things could be related. They may not be, but I I view it as uh, unconventional warfare below the threshold of armed conflict.
0: So beyond conspiracy theories, which I think aren't really theories too much anymore, because we kind of fill the vacuum with these imaginations and thoughts and questions and they tend to come true Mm -hmm. when there's that vacuum. The media is not telling us. Do you think Joe Biden's bought out by China? I mean, that's that's such a simple question that everybody just jumps right to and says, yeah, of course he is. But what do you think? I mean, what does Joe even, yeah, I, I guess historically, I don't know if Joe knows he's on the planet right now. but um, I, I don't know about President Biden, but I would tell you that um, uh,
1: it certainly appears the business relationships that Hunter Biden had. Mm-hmm if I were an intelligence officer and I wanted to compromise somebody in power I would certainly compromise their family uh, because then that person in a position of power would later do whatever it takes to protect them so that's you know just your standard kind of intelligence officer what they would do is they would compromise family members and things like that so there's certainly risk of that and I think that's what they're looking at now
0: I kind of sit there and I think you know what if there's some group out there that compromised Hunter. And now Joe knows if he reneges on the deal, Hunter's dead. Like they they'll send the guys after him, you know, no, they would probably we, just the really, triad show up or something.
1: They would just data dump like some really bad, really bad stuff. Information. Yeah. They're just holding it. Yeah. So that's what they would do. They would compromise them, you know, whether through financial transactions or videos or whatever it is.
0: Seems like that's the trend of, the, well, I say the day, I think it's been going on for a long time. The tapes supposedly that exist that the FBI, FBI confiscated from from Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, you know, all these things that apparently you have all this dirt on all these people and you never want anything to come out. That seems to be well, the unconventional warfare to refer back to the book you're talking about. Everybody's using it.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you remember uh, from uh, The Godfather? I think it was part two where, no, it was Godfather part one, the Nevada senator. Yeah. You know, he went in and yeah. they, what did I do? You know, and so- yeah. Yeah, I mean I don't know if those things still happen, but
0: it's certainly He killed a hooker. That let's <laughs> I don't
1: know what the rating is of this show. Yeah, yeah. No, you can do it. So the you, Godfather you, right the, the
0: hooker was dead whether he killed her or not. Yeah, but but it, it looked that way. They
1: drugged him and he woke, you know, he woke up and they yeah. said, Hey, what did you do? Uh, or he said, What did I do? He said, Oh, you just went crazy and you killed her. Well, yeah. they killed her. And then he said, Don't worry, Senator, we'll take care of it. And then he always granted their gaming license. He yeah. he was owned. Yeah. Um and you know, I think that's why it's just important to always
0: <laughs> funny story. Uh, <laughs> I gotta be careful what I say here. You're the one with legal limitations, right? Can, for us, you can say anything. I were, yeah. I,
1: back in my, in my past life, I worked with a guy and, um, I'll just I'll be careful what I say here, but, uh, you know, he's a good guy. He was funny. He's, you know, military officers, but his girlfriend was like, couldn't believe, I mean, she's 10 and, yeah. uh, People were like, "Man, you must have a joke book in your pocket." I mean, what did you? Did
0: you get this? Got something in your pants? Well, yeah. so they did.
1: Did a background check, and he had to disclose some of his. Come to find out, she was a, a foreign national. Mm. Uh, come to find out, her father was a high-ranking uh, officer in uh, in the PLA. Uh, come to find out that she had some foreign connections, and. Mm. Uh, come to find out that, uh, he was no longer going to be part of our unit. Wow. So, wow. yeah, he didn't disclose those foreign contacts. So, you know, uh, the whole point of that story is, uh, he wasn't that good looking. Uh, yeah. She was after him to compromise him. And, you know, there's a lot of compromised
0: people out there, As, it, which makes me wonder why a guy like Congressman Eric Swalwell didn't catch more flack for his interactions with thing thing, you know? Yeah. Who knows? I mean,
1: it's, uh, I, What's scary, I I think a lot of members of Congress are starting to understand this, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, you just got to be careful who you associate with. And, yeah. you know, when those great business opportunities come through then maybe they're not that great of a business opportunity. You should yeah. really be careful what you what you do. And
0: I told CJ, I said, we well, have taking her to the airport the other day. I said, um, you know, I get these messages from total strangers on the, you know, Twitter or Facebook. They're like. What's your suggestion of what we should do down on the southern border as citizens? What should we go down there and do? And I'm like, I'm not answering. Yeah, I'm not responding to that first of all. But I'm not. I don't know what kind of Fed bait's being floated out there to put me on some list. Or when something pops off and they get not a George Floyd but a Jorge Floyd down there, they can say, Yeah, all these people are complicit. We got. Yeah, no, I anyway.
1: I agree. That's actually a smart move. And look, I know folks want to go out and do something. They want to. Yeah. You know, but nobody, and I know you don't advocate for for any kind of violence. I think people just need to let, uh, you know, the law enforcement that's down there, um, kind of handle it now, and 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 don't need to get in their way. And hopefully, like we said, the, the what's happening with Governor Abbott will continue, and uh, we'll continue to stand for state sovereignty. More mm-hmm. states will come in, sign a compact, and we can actually shine some light on this and stop it.
0: And I think we're winning, at least on the optics level, the way it's looking. The persuasion uh, it's we're winning in that regard. If that many people are saying this is a major issue, we're being sold out by the administration and the federal government that's there to protect us and they're not doing it. Um, I think we let this thing play out. And maybe we watch the pendulum swing, you know,
1: I agree. And it's it's changed the, the conversation, which is encouraging to me. You know, people are starting to realize, oh, wait, states have these certain sovereignty. They they. They yeah. have this ability to declare this invasion. That's encouraging to me that for, folks are coming more educated on this topic and mm. realizing that the states have more authority than you, you you think they have. I wish
0: people would educate themselves on things like the primary elections and know that those exist. I mean, that's, that'd be fun if people oh take a civics class again. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, none all of this, I'll just summarise it with this. All of this could be avoided at the southern border if all of us were vaccinated. <laughs> so don't forget to get vaccinated, okay? You should be on your ninth booster, by <laughs> <laughs> It would solve all the problems, John. I know for for for
1: the uh, for the he- the health crisis that uh, occurs <laughs> in this country. You'd think one of the reasons to have a border, if you look back at yeah. history, is to stop infectious <laughs>
0: disease. Like it makes no sense. I was literally, I was reading. I wonder if I can pull it real quick. I was watching, or I started reading. I like to look at Time Magazine, which is a horrible, horrible thing to uh, to be reading. But I get entertained by some of the nonsense. Time.com. Why borders as we know them won't survive won't survive the century to come. And, you you know, you know, their whole deal, the whole uh, I'll summarize the entire article as to why borders have existed for millennia and they've worked. But now they're not going to Uh, climate change. Climate change, because it's about to be where some places will just be uninhabitable. And we'll have to just stop with borders because people will have to cross.
1: Wasn't that supposed to happen like uh, in the mid 70s versus yeah. kind of
0: an ice age? Over and over and over again, it was supposed to happen. Look,
1: I mean, the breakdown of the, the progressives and the, and the Marxists want the breakdown of the nation state because what does that break down? That breaks down individual liberty. Yeah. You know, it goes to the group think. It goes to they can control you. It goes to the Woodrow Wilson kind of school of thought. We know better than you. We are panels of experts. Yeah. So you can't govern yourself. You're you're too ignorant. Mm. Um, we have to have these bureaucrats that know better than you. So,
0: But it's democratic socialism, you know, John. I mean, we're, we're going to vote for those people to have that kind of power over us. They're still going to have the power over us to do all these things. Uh, and, but- and all the red tape, all the bureaucracy, they're not going to innovate or create anything. Um, take away all the private sector, tax the hell out of us, and- we're just peasants. We're like France, yeah. you know, we, we become like France. And we now we're farmers and our biggest weapon is to go spray manure on the government buildings. And,
1: and it's kind of scary when you, when you look at it, but, uh, I don't think it would ever come
0: to that in Texas. Uh, I really don't. I think that there's people out there who'd rather die than to try to live in that, in that reality. Yeah. And if you think about, you know, think about Americans, I mean, truly,
1: generation and generations of, of Americans that came here wanted to take that risk. They wanted to come to a place and make their own mark. Um, so it's in our DNA mm-hmm. really is to just be bold and, and, you yeah. know, to really shove off tyranny what? and, te- and in, in a subset of that is in, within Texas. I mean, if you think yeah. about Texans, they left uh, whatever state they were in to make their mark in, in uh, Texas before yeah. the Republic. So. What's, what's the
0: movie series, the, uh, the Mockingjay deal where they volunteer as tribute? What's Hunger, so? Games. Hunger Games. You would think that enough of this younger generation would have watched the Hunger Games and seen that basically we're setting up that type of government system where you know all of the provinces or the districts or whatever they had and everybody's subjugated to the elites and the cabal that rules over them. But they don't. They, they, they actually want to be a part of that. If you ask this younger generation in a lar- in a large way, it's weird. It's scary.
1: Scary. It's not how I raised my son. Uh, no. Both my, well, all three of my kids, uh, they're alphas. So yeah. <laughs> I've already told them, look, you could be a lion or a sheep and you yeah. better be a lion. Yeah. Uh, because you got a tough, tough road ahead and you need to be a leader. Yeah. So,
0: so I, you know, and, and what I say, what I was thinking about this morning is they're talking about maybe later on this summer, potentially as late as August. Joe Biden basically saying, I'm not going to run again, and and them bringing Michelle Obama in. Apparently, from what I hear, Barack Obama has already been speaking to the donors, to the money people, about is the potential of his wife running. It may not be true, but it's what I'm hearing. Um, I don't think Michelle Obama brings a solution for anything we're dealing with to the table either in that regard. It's just another puppet that keeps Obama doing Obama type things.
1: That's worst case scenario. Yeah. I mean she'd be tough to beat, frankly.
0: She's tough to beat. They'd uh, have to keep her away from a microphone just like they do Joe Biden, because every time she gets to talking, it's the vitriol and hate for America that comes out of her. So
1: Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's that would be a worst case scenario. Um hopefully enough folks would I think keeping Joe Biden in there uh is going to be problematic as things continue to get worse. So I th- I would I don't have any inside information. I would suspect they would encourage him to bow out yeah. you know, after
0: the Democratic uh, convention, because then they can just replace him. He looks like a life insurance commercial. <laughs> or he looks like an old folks home commercial. He really does. Did you see that? The little parody commercial they did for the old folks home is the White House senior living. Oh, I saw did that. Did you see that thing kind of made its rounds? I mean, it truly is almost elder abuse. Uh, to- I, I, in a sense, I feel sorry for the humanity that's there. But then again, I want to tell the guy to go burn in hell. <laughs> I mean, 50 years in Washington, D.C. to be what he is, you know. Yeah, just,
1: you know, we got to I'm worried about the, the next few years are crucial. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. That's why it's it's important to get involved at your county level. And, uh, you know, you said something earlier about folks in Iowa, number one issue border, mm-hmm. it's because every county is a border county. now. Right. I mean, everybody has been affected by either fentanyl or, or some other problem with the with crime or, or whatever it is. I mean, they've been affected. So, um, or like I said, everybody wants that basic fairness and rule of law. When, when Americans see the rule of law breaking down, that's a problem.
0: Yeah. I want to tell you, though, about our uh, our sponsor, United Patriot Coin. You know, if you follow me on social media at all, United Patriot Coin has been a good friend of mine for a long, long time. Uh, they are who I trust for gold and silver. A lot of, a lot of times people in their hard economic times are trying to figure out you know this you know economic uncertainty that we're living in with all these weird things that are going on in our world what do you do well I always advise people you need to have some gold and silver and another people out there who say we well, can't eat gold and silver trust me you need some gold and silver on hand you need some bullion you need some coins you need some stuff you can barter with there's various things you can use to do that with but some gold and silver would be a good thing to have on hand so the folks that I trust unitedpatriotcoin.com head over there you can call them on the phone as well talk to Trey on the phone tell them Chad sent it you and uh, he'll walk you through all kind of investment opportunities that are out there. So check them out. When you travel around, you get around folks, you talk to them in the community or around the state. You, you do, how many people come up to you and say, Hey, you're going to run again. Oh what, what's your plan? You're going to run again. Do you hear that a lot? A lot. I hear it a lot too. And I what, do. how do you respond? Do you have a, like a patented response? I'm you? just,
1: I'm in a way I'm blessed that I didn't win that race. Cause I'm, I'm happy to do what I'm doing now and I get to see my kids, you know, I'm very happy to see my children every day. So I'm happy what I'm doing now with CDF because I'm, you know, we're getting a lot of results. You know, we've held some, uh, some district attorneys accountable. We've uh, dealt with a lot of school board issues, parental rights issues. So I don't know if I'd have that kind of success in Congress. I could be a, you know, I look at what's happening in Congress and there's just not a lot getting done. And Mm -hmm. that would frustrate me. So I'm happy to see results. So maybe in the future, I would look at running for office, maybe a state, you know, state office. I don't know about going to Congress. Yeah. Uh, until things change a little bit and the status quo is broken up, um, I, would, I would probably look to stay right here in Texas.
0: Yeah, because you get to the point where people would say, and I, I agree with you, the people would say to me, they're like, well, how are you going to make any changes if you don't get in there? And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't quite work that way. Um it is you you just get an, another cog in the wheel it's really what's existing right now kind of has to get broken down and i think one of the most important things you could do is stay active at the state level i agree and break break it down here because self government begins right here with you and then it expands out from there radiates from there just going right to the beltway you know dc that's not necessarily the best i mean, 100% solution. agree i mean
1: so many decisions that are made at your local commissioner's court yeah. school board I mean, that affects your family. It affects your pocketbook. It affects yeah. your children's education. Um,
0: Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll run for school board. That'd piss a lot of people oh, off. Oh, you should. That'd be great. That would piss a lot. That'd piss some folks off. No, you'd be good at that. <laughs> you'd be good at that.
1: No, but it, it, it's, you know, especially when you talk about the books. Apparently you can get some good pornography. You know? Well, yeah. we People don't realize. I mean, the school board has ultimate authority over the curriculum yeah. in the state of Texas. So, if there's a book that's pervasively vulgar or is of little educational value, there is Supreme Court precedent that the school board can make that decision to remove that book. Wow. It's on the school board. Mm. As long as it's viewpoint neutral and it's they can remove the book. So they the school boards get really mad when I tell people that because then it puts it on them. Oh, you're not going to remove this book that's pervasively vulgar? Why? Yeah. Well, it's a First Amendment violation. No, there's, there's some Supreme Court case law that says it's not as long as you as a school board member and it reflects the community values, find it pervasively vulgar. It's not a first amendment violation. Yeah. So I think those decisions can be made at the local level and they really affect us. So that's like a, a member of Congress. I think I would, um, or any other other
0: office, I don't know how effective I would be at this current, current point. What do people do? I mean, what where, where do they get active? I mean, what do they, because I think a lot of things that's going on right now, the, the general overarching mindset is people feel helpless. They feel like the elections are rigged. They feel like their elections aren't fair. They, they feel like they can't trust the voting system. Uh, they feel like their politicians are corrupt. From the legal level of what you're doing as an activist and pursuing the things that you are, what, what hope do people have? What can they do? Because I, I think they do want to at least feel like they're doing something more than complaining online. There's some sort of kinetic action. I think whatever they can do, you know, whether it's
1: Go to a school board meeting once a month and just be aware of what's going on. Be present. Um, do more than just complain online. I mean, yeah, there's got you. There has to be a so. You know, what's the so what? Well, I'm going to get more involved. I'm going to ask a question at my school board meeting. I'm going to, uh, you know, find out where a, a certain elected official stands on an issue, and then I'm going to hold them accountable to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how they need to get involved. And, you know, like with Citizens Defending Freedom or any other grassroots organization. Just being present, it really matters. Just being present and uh, doing what doing what you can do.
0: It's amazing what showing up will do. It was funny, you know, on on primary election day. You and I spent a lot of hours together there at the same polling place late in the afternoon. That that we got sunburned (laughs) sitting out there. That was awesome. It it was a good day. I mean, it was fun. And then uh, I say it was a good day. It was it was bittersweet in a lot of ways. Uh, Gosh, I I, I get the heebie-jeebies. I kind of break out in a sweat when I think about that whole process. Uh, I'm thankful I did it in spite of the crazy stuff that happened in my life through all of that stuff that I wish had not happened. But, um, how about you? I mean, you have have gratitude towards the process. It really opened my eyes
1: how things really work. That's it. Yep. Uh, which scared me in a lot of ways. And that's probably one of the reasons I'm not interested in running anytime soon. Right. Just, you know, kind of seeing politics as a business and, you know, the money involved and. You know, you can't. It's really difficult to overcome the money. Um, I mean, you can knock on a thousand. So true. You can knock on a million doors. Yeah. And I did. I knocked on doors every. I mean, I took a leave after my job. I almost went bankrupt. Yeah. Just doing everything I could to try and win that race, and um, just overcoming those the money. It was really yeah. hard. And if if you're not the guy and you're not saying the right t- things, and yeah, it's true. You're not getting the money.
0: People hate when I tell them that. I'm like, don't have enough money. And like, oh, You could do it. Would you just have? Everybody. OK, yeah, sure. I mean, get out there, though. Anybody will tell you it's name recognition. How much money can you spend? Um, I mean, Don Huffine spent twenty five million dollars to come in third place. That's a lot of money. I think Alan West spent like 14 million to come in second. He fractionally beat out Don and. Uh, Abbott, I don't know what Abbott actually, I don't know if Abbott really even campaigned, but he had 75 million. He had a black hole of cash, is what he had. There was no limit. Just a name ID, too. To the money that was available to him. And he just, you know, waltzed in there. Yeah. Six, I mean, 60 or 65%, 67% of the vote. That's why the campaign folks will tell you, oh,
1: you were outspent two to one or three to one. So if you raised, yeah, if you raised 10 million, yeah, they're just, they have to raise 30 or 40 million. Yeah. Because that, Four to one ratio, more TV ads, more billboards, more radio ads. Just it seeps into the human psyche of name recognition. Yeah, And then people, you know, there's very informed folks in the primary. And then there's folks that vote because they're doing their civic duty. And they're like, hmm, man, that Abbott name sounds familiar. What Abbott.
0: Right. You know, it's just, it's just, it's in
1: the human psyche. Well, they had a
0: Rick Perry, who's not the former governor, Rick Perry of Texas. They had a Rick Perry on the ballot from you know, Springtown, Texas, I think it was, who came in fifth place. And again, I barely edged him out for fourth place on that deal. And people love to insult me. They're like, you almost got beat by a fake Rick Perry. I was like, listen, I I lost my mind. I'm not worried about what fake Rick Perry did through the whole thing. It's like there was no money. I mean, what do you want to do? How do you want to compete with $100 million?
1: What people need to realize is – the fake Rick Perry, people thought they were voting they for Rick Perry. They
0: thought they were voting for so Rick Perry. That,
1: if anything, is just sad. Yeah. You know, the folks voting don't realize they're voting for somebody that <laughs> is not the Rick Perry. Not the real guy. So, yeah, it's hard to overcome. And
0: uh, I don't know. I, money and politics. So that's why I tell people, I say, you know, I'm not telling you, not talking about fraudulent elections. But when I tell you the election is rigged, it's sort of rigged. They know who the candidate's going to be. I guarantee you in Austin, Texas, the the Republican folks that are the powers that be, Greg Abbott's camp, they know who when he decides he doesn't want to be governor anymore. They know who they want his successor to be. And that's where they'll pour everything right behind that person. And yeah. I, it's, it's kind of rigged. I it's, mean, I don't know another word for it.
1: Well, I mean, you know, politicians jump from one office to the next. And I don't think the founders ever envisioned that career politicians. I mean, yeah. you're supposed to do your duty and go back and go home go home. So it's become a business. It's become a career. Uh, Yeah, It's not something
0: I'm interested in doing as a Me either. It sucks, dude. I don't want to do that. I'd rather run my mouth for a living, hang out, you know, do something stupid every now and then. Yeah.
1: No, I'd rather, I'd rather (laughs) be, I'd rather be effective, you know, unless you're, right. unless you're, you know, have a majority in Congress and, and you're on these, you know, the, some important committee and you work your way up through whatever, however way you work your way up. You know, then I mean, you can
0: actually make a difference, right? I've had, I've had some pretty powerful people in the state approach me about running maybe for a state office, and, and you know, Sarah Gonzalez has had the same thing. She and I have had you know conversations together. I was like, I think I can do more good where I am doing what I'm doing, bringing awareness and educating and, and you know, getting involved. I think I can do more good just right here, right now.
1: I think you're going to do good wherever you go. I mean, I've always uh, been impressed with your courage. And, Tell me more, John. Yeah, it's true. I'm not just. I, Tell I, me more. I, no, I, Chad. I've I've always been impressed with your courage, and, <laughs> Thank and you. you say the things that other people are unwilling to say, and that takes courage, and and really being candid. You know, I think it's important to be candid with folks, and and you are, and that's important. And you've shown courage. And if you could, I'd support you if you ran for a state office or yeah, any
0: office. All, thank you. I, you know, I've run more angels fear to tread. That's for sure. I have foot and mouth disease. It, it fits right in there, dude. I say some really crazy, stupid things. Sometimes I look back and I go, what, what did you say? <laughs> but, you know, I think you have to have somebody said, man, you just like to stir the shit. You like to stir the pot. And I was like, I don't like it. I just think it's necessary. I think you have to stir it up. The status quo is not great. Yeah. So let's let's stir that thing up a little bit. I mean, and, speak
1: plain. I mean, if more people just spoke plain to each other uh, and, and said what they really meant, there wouldn't yeah. be these microaggressions or whatever else. Microaggressions. That, yeah. Whatever else the new kind of uh, trendy words that they use to yeah. to basically call you an a hole.
0: Yeah, it, that's <laughs> basically what it is. I um I don't know, man. I, I'm I I worry, but I have optimism. I think the pendulum historically it swings back. And I think this thing is pushed so far out there. I mean, when you got a guy like in the entertainment side of things, guys like Bill Maher and Joe Rogan start making more sense than, you know, because they. I think Joe Rogan came out on a podcast the other day and said, man, I've never voted Republican in my life. But these guys have gone off the reservation. And this this blue bubble, which is California, he said, I had to get the hell out of there. And I mean, I find myself like, I don't know if this is some kind of PSYOP that's going on and I'm just not smart enough to see it. But I'm like, who the hell is this guy's John Fetterman in Pennsylvania? Suddenly I'm agreeing with John Fetterman. I know. It's <laughs> the so. guy has an aneurysm or a brain tumor or something and they fix this brain and he comes back a Republican. <laughs> I know. It's it's so bizarre to see. I mean, we're in strange times. but Weird. Uh, Weird. I,
1: mean, I, I, I wish politicians would just become leaders and just vote. Yeah. You know. What, what is the reason for the most part? Most of them got into this because they wanted to do some good. That's a good point. They just need to get back to the roots and think, why point. did I do this? Uh, it's not about the power. It's not about the prestige. It's about representing my community and uh, standing up for my nation. But, you know, whenever I get down kind of about the state of things, I think, look, we're Americans and we're Texans and not on our watch. I mean, we right. we should not get discouraged Uh, we should always know that this is the greatest country in the history of the world. And, you know, we're just going to get through it. Yeah.
0: And hopefully uh, we'll be better for it on the back end after a a little bit of a bristle scrub. From the stuff you're looking at on the day-to-day basis on the front lines, are there any other hotbed issues people need to be aware of? I mean, what's. The big one, uh, title nine really is one thing I've really
1: worked on. um, This title nine thing, this, 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 transgender sports issue. Yeah. Really, it's the, again, it's the panel of experts, right? It's the deep, I call it the deep state. It's really the administrative state. It's just the bureaucrats. Uh, that's my code for, for deep state. But it that's all it is, 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 is these regu- regulatory agencies making these rules that impact us so greatly. Mm-hmm. Congress never intended them to de- redefine what biological sex is. And that's what they've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've taken... The, the uh, education amendments of 1972, uh, which, you know, based based upon uh, equal opportunity for women in sports or in other opportunity for women in, in other activities, and they've redefined gender. Mm. And this came through the regulatory agencies. This came through a notice of interpretation from the Department of Justice and the Department of Education. This yeah. came from, you know, publishing a rule on regulations.gov and said, hey, we're going to give... Uh, Schools, by the way, if you take money from the Department of Education, you're now required or at least explain to us why you're preventing uh, folks that identify as the opposite gender, why they can't be on a sports team. So that's going to destroy every school district in America. Uh, I'm working on a few things to hopefully uh, can't really talk about it yet, but working on some things in the Congressional Review Act with some folks to get that uh, perhaps looked at. Uh, and perhaps get that thing reversed, um, but really just making folks aware of what what's happening with this abuse of the uh, administrative state.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, John. You're my friend and I and I'm thankful for you. And um, I, likewise, I mean, if we're trading if we're trading compliments, I mean, I was impressed with you immediately. And, you know, it didn't take many conversations before I said, I like this guy. He's he talks right. He knows what he's talking about. And it's not just the knowledge of it, it's the passion of the heart to go out there and, and do it. And I know you're a busy guy, so I appreciate one you taking time to, to come over here and and, um, and chat with me for a little bit. And uh it's crazy, dude, the world we're living in. I mean, we're sitting here talking about Title IX, and I'm like, how much worse can this crap get? It can get a lot worse. Oh, it can get a lot worse. They want it to get a lot worse, you know? So- it can get a lot worse because it'll basically solidify
1: a lot of these rules that they've made through the— with bureaucracy it will get solidified. Yeah. You know, the more sovereignty they take away from the states, uh, the more they chip away at individual liberty, it's only going to get worse. Yeah. And it's been very incremental, uh, but
0: it's it's starting to have an effect and it's starting to become obvious. Yeah. John Houlihan, H U L L, Houlihan. Have, have I always said that right or wrong? You said it right. Houlihan. Yeah. It's H U L L, not H O U. Right. Correct. Yeah. H-U, they spelled it wrong off the boat, apparently. Yeah. That's what I was told. That's <laughs> what I was told. To, welcome to America. Yeah. I, I uh, would make sense. You know, I, I come from Prater, which I think was the P-R-A-T. So it, it kept the long A, Prather, but people still say Prather and I still answer to it. So I it's Prather, but I answer to whatever. So I didn't know. I was like, you know, I wonder if I've always said that right or wrong. No,
1: you're right on the money. And, you know, when I was all through school, they always called me Hot Lips, you know, yeah. for the show Mash. MASH. And then for a while, while I was active duty military, that name survived until they, you know, yeah, became a softer, kinder, kinder military. And they, somebody decided you can't say hot lips anymore. So that went away. That's weird. Yeah. That's weird. Well, you know, the show mash. I do know the show mash. Yeah. So that's where that came from.
0: Judge advocate general, uh, John Houlihan. And I've listened, you know, um, what you're doing, man, I want to encourage people to pray for John. He's on the front lines doing this stuff. Give him wisdom. You know, from God and Providence, because I mean, this is this is a crazy thing, and we don't need Texas crumbling. We don't at all. So, no, hold their feet to the fire, man. Is there a way that people can directly support you on on a physical way or? or um, just- yeah,
1: just go to uh, citizensdefendingfreedom.com dot com. Is I'm the general counsel for that grassroots organization. Uh, that's the best way to do it, and kind of look at our mission. We have toolkits up, and we're in uh, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and now we have a presence in Michigan as well
0: you know, people talk about hating lawfare. I'm sure that if you had an opportunity to go to that website and and get involved with what they're doing in the anti-lawfare movement, I like that and and support them financially. I mean, these things aren't free and they're not cheap to do it. So yeah, I encourage people to do that. I've got, I've
1: got a couple of lawyers that work under me and, uh, you know, we're always looking to expand like to eat
0: these guys. You know, that's the thing. There's a
1: lot of patriotic lawyers out there, but, uh, Unfortunately, you know, this, when you're in public interest law and you're dealing with these issues, it's, it's not really lucrative. So whatever folks can do to help support that word. Yeah. Give know, them the
0: website one more time. We'll put it up on the crime. Yeah. As well. It's
1: citizensdefendingfreedom.com.
0: Citizensdefendingfreedom.com. It's a worthy cause. If you want to get in that fight, you can support it financially. It's a great place to invest. And uh, John has never mentioned that to me whatsoever in conversation about that. I just, I love John and I wanted him to be able to come on here and talk because I think that People deserve to hear what he has to say on that. But I'm just saying that it, it, things money helps. It does, it does help. I so. appreciate that. And you've never mentioned that to me. I'm, I'm always
1: say. really bad at raising money. That's why. I'm,
0: I'm horrible at it. I'm like the worst. I just. I know how to sell something. I can sell anything. But raising money. I don't
1: like asking people for money. I'm I, the same. I didn't like doing that in Congress. Yeah. And uh, that's why I didn't raise a lot of gas. Yeah. I mean, I tried, but
0: yeah, it is. All right. Uh, thank you, buddy. Um, I want to encourage everybody, send me a message. And if you like this podcast, and I know you did, I know you did. You're over there talking to the screen Well, you could be talking to your computer. If you go where podcasts are offered and leave a rating and review, five stars is what we deserve. And uh, let's talk a little bit. You can drop me an email, chat at thechadprathershow.com. And you can go to thechadprathershow.com and leave me your email address because I would love to stay in touch with you. So uh, if you want to find me out on the road and come have a little fun and not be quite so serious, worried about the world falling apart like Chicken Little, come find me. You can go to WatchChad.com for where all the fun stuff is. And uh, I'm all over the place, up and down the road. And, um, and yeah, God bless Texas. God bless America. And God bless all of us, man, because Lord knows we need it. John, I appreciate you. Hey guys, I love you. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. Tell your friends and family about the show. So this thing continues to grow and we'll see you next time. Bye.